quick scouts phoned about the humidor. And pick your milk for breakfast cereal, Mount Rushmore. They'll be there for you. There's a non-zero chance. Carlos Rodon was good again, or was he? Chris Dowers is here to crush your Carlos Rodon dreams. I am here to tell you about Daniel Murphy's splits at Wrigley Field throughout his career, and plenty more. It is Adam Azer and Chris Dowers today. We are also going to regulate later today. And hello, Chris. Welcome back to Fantasy Baseball today. Hello. Hey. How's it going? Great. Hooray. It's Team Name Tuesday, so we might have a few Team Name Tuesdays out there as well. Why don't you tell us what you thought of Carlos Rodon? We're going to get right into it. Might have a short show today. Seven innings, two runs on two hits, four walks, and two strikeouts at the Yankees. He got extremely good results yet again. And that means that if you had him in your lineup, as has been the case for now nine straight starts, you got extremely good results from Carlos Rodon, and you have no reason to complain. And all of those things are true. He has thrown nine straight quality starts, which is a lot in a row. That is. No Chicago White Sox has done that since, I believe, 1908. That's a lot. That's a long time. That's a really long time. It's like 50 years or something. It's like almost double. It's more than double. And uh, that is all fantastic. And I hope you have had him in your lineup. Because he's been incredible. Uh, 184 ERA over a nine straight start stretch where he's averaging seven innings per start. It's been incredible. This is exactly what we wanted to see from Carlos Rodon. Go ahead, pour cold water on it. I'm, <laughs> do I need to? Like, it's self-evidently obvious that what he's doing is not sustainable and that he's having one of the most preposterously lucky stretches we've seen from a starting pitcher in years. <laughs> like, this is... It is comparable to what Jason Vargas was doing last season. Early in the season. Okay. Like, Carlos Rodon, in that nine-start st- stretch, has 49 strikeouts in 63 and two-thirds innings. He has 27 walks. That is, for those of you who are doing the math in your head, less than two-to-one strikeout-to-walk ratio. Much less than a strikeout per inning. It's about 6.9 strikeouts per nine innings. Uh, it's bad control. Right now, he has a worse strikeout rate and a worse walk rate than his career rates. Mm-hmm. So, are you going to start him against Boston? Uh, no. <laughs> and maybe he goes out and throws seven more one-run innings. Yeah. But I'm not going to do it. Like. I Maybe can't really he argue just with continues I, to I have good luck. I cannot argue with you. 195 BABIP. 176 BABIP during the seven start, nine start stretch. All right. It's preposterous. So he's not getting more ground balls. No. No. All right. It's gotta like he, be lucky. Look, I mean, he didn't appear to be lucky last night. He pitched pretty well. Well, he walked four and struck out two. You know, I think he, I think he had just a bout of wildness in like the seventh inning or something. And he, he did strand some runners, but uh, he was pretty much in control. And I feel like they, were his two strikeouts both Giancarlo Stanton. Uh, that's possible. Maybe. Yeah. Um. Hey. All right. I I can't really disagree with you. 
So it's just kind of funny because I think it bothers Chris every time Rodon does well. I I would love for Carlos Rodon to have a 186 ERA or whatever moving forward. I just want it to be in a way that's sustainable because we don't – the thing here is and, – and I said it last time you pitched, so I'll just repeat myself. We don't really care what you've done in the past unless it tells us what you're going to do in the future. And what Carlos Rodon is doing during this current nine-start stretch does not tell us anything – well – it does tell us what he's likely to do in the future, and it tells us that he's likely to pitch really, really poorly in the future. And so, no, I can't take it seriously. It's, you know, we've seen Sean Mania be pretty much a league average pitcher for about three months this year, and he was doing what Carlos Rodon's doing, but with way better control. All right, well, it's a shame it's August 28th or we tell you to sell high. And that is your Carlos Rodon segment. You knew it was coming. You knew what it was going to sound like. We had to do it anyway. But we love having Chris back. Chris just routinely ditches the show. Doesn't really care about the listeners anymore, unfortunately. I, I am the third most active person on this podcast. That's very true. Very Top true. three. Out of three, because Heath has been cut. Basically. Oh, okay. Well, I didn't realize roster cuts weren't due until September 1st. <laughs> uh, here's a tweet of the day from Alden Gonzalez. He is an ESPN staff writer. Shohei Otani, who just crushed his 15th home run, is now averaging an extra base hit every 7.2 at-bats. Mike Trout is averaging an extra base hit every 7 at-bats. And, Oprob- and Otani is probably even better at pitching. Unbelievable talent. So he is getting an extra base hit nearly as often as Mike Trout. That's amazing. Unfortunately, he sits against lefties. They have faced a lot of lefties lately, but I noticed Otani. So he's a tough one to interpret. 88% ownership. Now, we only have one Otani in CBS Sports World. He's only, he's only started in 33% of leagues. Yeah, I think that, like, I think I was looking at Malik Smith before he went on the DL, and uh, I think he was at, like, 66% ownership and 62% started. And that that's always a good indication that a player's under-owned. In Otani's case, it, the the opposite's probably true. He he doesn't deserve to be as owned as he is. I get why uh, people might be hanging on to him, and if he was batting every day, I think there'd be a real uh, case for him to be that owned and much more started. But I just I don't see it in his current role. I I don't imagine he's going to pitch much when he does get back on the mound. Uh, so I, I think he's probably still overrun. All right, Shohei Otani. He's, he's pretty incredible, though. And he's trying yeah. to get back and pitch this year, but it's really feels, feels like a pipe dream to expect that Otani is going to contribute to your fantasy team uh, as a pitcher. So, yeah, 88% on probably a little bit too high. Chris, what do we got on Sportsline right now? Well, we are covering a ton of football stuff. You've got your draft day cheat sheets, which are a really useful tool, and you should go check those out we've also got a really good team of fantasy football analysts obviously including jamie eisenberg and dave richard and heath cummings who will be contributing but you know we've also got other people from around the industry brandon marion lee davis maddock uh, matt france matt franciscovich our doctor brandon bowers who's been doing really excellent injury analysis uh and more so it's uh it's a really good team you're getting really good advice uh highly recommend that you uh subscribe all right, yeah, and what's the promo code? Fantasy. Sportsline.com slash join and use the promo code fantasy to get your first month for a dollar. One dollar. After that, it's only ten dollars. It's nothing. It's really great advice and it's worth the money. And we'll be ramping up 
our fantasy baseball analysis there as well, in addition to what we do on CBS Fantasy. Here are your news and notes. Kelvin Herrera is on the DL with a torn Lisfranc ligament, and Justin Wilson got the save at Philadelphia for Washington. Uh, I'm just going to knock this out now. There were some saves yesterday. There was Ramirez for the Angels. He's actually going to start today. <laughs> after one day after closing, um, so I don't think that's a guy who's going to get you saves. Hunter Strickland and Justin Wilson, though, are pretty interesting. Yeah, what do you think? And and Pedro Strope stunk also. Uh, was getting a save chance and he kind of blew it. Didn't blow the save, but he got relieved. Um, would you pick up Justin Wilson or Hunter Strickland right now? I'm probably more interested in Hunter Strickland. Uh, I think. You know, Justin Wilson, I, I guess he could be the closer. I think the, the bloom has come off the rose. Is that a, yeah. a saying? I think the bloom has come off the rose of a just a little bit for him. And every uh, rose has its thorn. Kissed from a rose. A baby! Yep. It's a great song. That is um, good. yeah, I mean, he settled in more as like a mid to high three ZRA guy since that really incredible start to the season. Um, I think he can be useful, but I also think there's a chance he doesn't have that job long term. I really thought Will Smith had that job. And he had pitched three days in a row, and then Melanson got a save on Sunday. And I don't know if, I, I don't think Melanson was available yesterday, but, but Strickland getting the save instead of Will Smith was interesting. That is a situation worth monitoring. I really thought it was Will Smith's job. I know he's been struggling a bit lately, but he's had a great year. And like Strickland, his ERA is good, but he has a one-two-eight whip. Uh, that's terrible. So there's that. And now I'm done talking about them. Josh Donaldson will start a rehab assignment today. San Diego is going to call up second baseman Luis Urias. Any interest in then Luis Urias? I think you probably have to be interested in him. I'm not sure he's going to play every single day, but he is a top 100 more like top 30 prospect um who's started to over the last couple of seasons generate a little more power 30 doubles at triple a this season only eight home runs but could be a case of someone with a good hit tool who gets to the majors and you know develops into more of a power hitter than expected obviously there are a ton of examples of that recently most notably probably this season ozzy albies and that is luis arias so Check him out. Padres is going to play second base for the Padres. Uh, Aaron Judge is improving, has no timetable for a return. Gary Sanchez and Didi Gregorius could be back early next week. Matt Shoemaker will begin a rehab assignment for the Angels tomorrow. Brandon Nimmo expected to come off the DL today. Marco Gonzalez is on the DL with a neck strain. Chris Sale threw yesterday, but Sale has no timetable for a return. We told you not to start Brett Anderson. I hope you listened. He was awful yesterday. Patrick Corbin allowed a home run for the first time in 12 starts. Unbelievable. <laughs> George Springer returned. Daniel Megden could uh, rejoin the Oakland rotation. Brian McCann will be back soon. I think it's a little unclear what his role will be, Brian McCann. Uh, Tyler Anderson is having his next start pushed back so he can work on his mechanics. Uh, Jeff McNeil pinch hit. Kendris Morales did not homer. And Jose Bautista could get traded to the Phillies, apparently. The Phillies claimed him. And uh, they might work out a trade, which is perfect timing. Here comes Brandon Nimmo, and Jay Bruce is back as well. 
Chris, I want to find the next Alex Bregman. Alex Bregman, believe it or not, is the number five hitter in points leagues this year and number 11 in Roto. He's been on a tear. He's been great. He In April, Alex Bregman hit 278 with one home run. He did have more walks and strikeouts, though. But on the year 289, 25 home runs, 10 steals, uh, he has 41 doubles, the second most in baseball behind Eduardo Escobar. And Bregman, like, this was a breakout that Scott and Heath both had. It seemed fairly obvious. He still should have been in the breakout column, just even though it was obvious, whatever. Like, it's pedigree. It's good plate discipline last year. There's a lot of reasons that we that we knew to like Alex Bregman. Is there a guy – well, first of all, you can talk about Bregman. But secondly, is there a guy that fits the profile for 2019? Uh, Ozzy Albies is probably the closest. And yeah. I've been, I think, relatively down on Ozzy Albies. Um, doesn't have the plate discipline Alex Bregman does, but in the minors he did. And it's been really interesting. He's kind of turned into, basically since May, he's been like the bad version of Rugnet Odor. Not quite that bad, but like he never walks. Um, and that wasn't his game yeah. in, uh, the minors. So it's been interesting to see him kind of regress in that way. And I wonder if the early season power binge, Got him into some bad habits, but look, obviously still an elite talent. Doing this at 21 says a lot about his talent. Um, so I, I love the, uh, the chances of him. He's going to be a, a, a fine breakout next year if we don't consider this his breakout season already. Yeah. I'm looking at like good, good plate discipline guys. Yeah. I'm looking at young guys with good plate discipline. How about this for a name? Cattell Marte. Oh, that'd be fun. Not obviously, he doesn't have Alex Bregman's pedigree. Bregman was the number one prospect in baseball. I, I don't know if Cattell Marte was ever even a top 100 type of prospect, but he has really, really good plate discipline and has been showing signs of developing into more than we thought he might be this season. He was someone that I liked as a sleeper. Uh, and since the start of June, how about this? Since June 1st, he is hitting 273 with an 856 OPS, nine homers, 14 doubles, six triples in 73 games. Uh, only three stolen bases. You'd like to see more of that, but 32 walks, 35 strikeouts in that span. That's good. Quite good. And yeah. he's only 24. Yeah. All right. I, I Not the next Alex Bregman. Don't, don't no, put no, that no. on yeah, me, yeah, but. Sure. Could be a breakout candidate next season. And let's throw Rafael Devers out there too. Devers is a good one. Yeah, Devers is a, is a good one. I don't know what the walk to strikeout ratio is for him, but, uh, it's a guy who had a good rookie year, a little sophomore slump, a lot of prospect pedigree, might have depressed draft value because of the sophomore slump, but actually, I know he's had a couple of DL stints, but he's hit better, I think, second half of the season. So Bregman is a good one as well. Or if not Bregman, uh, the guy you just said. Uh, oh my god, Devers, I, I'm doing Devers, the same thing. Rafael Devers. And, and someone I'll, I'll target late in drafts next year as a sleeper. Scott Kingery. Really good plate discipline in the minors. Has been absolutely abysmal in the majors. But I didn't like the top 150 kind of hype he was getting at the end of spring training. But I think there's still the potential for, you know, a poor man's Alex Bregman in his profile. Yeah. Quite a season for Alex Bregman, who's, 
becoming an MVP candidate. Unfortunately, it's a tough year to win the MVP in the American League. Um, now, we, we love to save you money on all of our podcasts. We've got a great sponsor, Lightstream. And the URL you want to go to is lightstream.com slash strike. L-I-G-H-T-S-T-R-E-A-M dot com slash strike. Have you ever looked at your credit card statement and been shocked by the interest rate? Did you know that you can actually roll all of your credit card debt into one monthly payment at a lower fixed interest rate? So we all know if you got some credit card debt, the interest rates can really get you. I mean, it's just a tough, tough system to beat. And you need a company like Lightstream to help you out. Uh, it's Lightstream offers credit card consolidation loans from 5.89% APR with auto pay. Uh, that's lower than the average credit card interest rate of over 18% APR. So it's 5.89% APR. That is really, really good. You can get a loan from 5000 to 100000 You can even get your funds as soon as the day you apply. Lightstream believes that people with good credit deserve a great interest rate and no fees. And here's a fun fact. Lightstream plants a tree with every loan they fund. So you're doing good things for society. That's great. On top of the discount you already get from Lightstream, our listeners get a special discount. And the way to get that is at lightstream.com slash strike, L-I-G-H-T-S-T-R-E-A-M.com slash strike, lightstream.com slash strike. This is subject to credit approval. Rate includes a 0.5% auto pay discount. Terms and conditions apply and offers are subject to change without notice. Visit lightstream.com slash strike for more information. More fantasy baseball. Here we go. Uh, are they, st- yeah, I'm gonna save that for tomorrow. I'm gonna save this for tomorrow. Are they studs? Matt Chapman certainly looking like a stud right now. Three up. Daniel Murphy. He is batting 407 with two home runs and 1152 OPS with the Cubs. 1152 OPS, that's pretty good, right, Chris? Yes. Well, it's not as good as Daniel Murphy's career OPS at Wrigley Field. 1158 mm-hmm. at Wrigley Field. He's batting 413. Uh, in 33 games with a 7-14 slugging percentage at Wrigley Field. Match made in heaven. Daniel Murphy is back. Uh, yeah, I think he was probably back before the injury. And right. we just didn't really notice it. Well, maybe. Because he had a 471 OPS uh, in the month of June. He looked absolutely washed, except that he only struck out like seven times total. So that was pretty cool. But... Since June 1st, yeah, sorry, that was the month of, sorry, since July 1st, I got confused. Since July 1st, he is hitting 347 with a 390 on base percentage, a 545 slugging percentage. He is striking out about, gosh, 6% of the time, I think is what that number is going to come out to. 7.7% of the time, 13 walks, 14 strikeouts. He's been Daniel Murphy. He's been really, really good, and it's good to see him back. Tyler White. Now, the ownership keeps going up. The first time we were talking about Tyler White, he was like 1% owned. Now he's 28% owned. He homered yesterday. Tyler White is batting 306 with nine home runs, five doubles, two triples in 37 games, and a respectable walk-to-strikeout ratio, 15 walks, 27 strikeouts. What are you seeing from Tyler White? How owned should he be? He's 28% owned. I am really not very surprised that Tyler White is hitting well. That that does not come as a surprise to me. It's a little surprising that he started 17 of 21 games in the month of uh in the month of August. That is where it comes down to for me. I if he's in the everyday lineup, I think he's going to hit. 
I, I, I believe in the talent. He's hit just everywhere in the minors and, you know, and now in 469 plate appearances in the majors, he has 20 homers and 785 OPS. I think he's going to hit. Um, he has a, but uh, oh, he could oh, go yeah, into a career. four, gotcha, he gotcha. could go 0 for 12 over the next three games and then not play for four days. So he's, he's been replacing Gaddis a lot as DH. Yesterday, Tyler White played first base. Gaddis DH'd. Uh, would you drop Shohei Otani, the hitter, for Tyler White? Sure. I, I think Otani's probably a better hitter, but I think Tyler White's going to play a little more. Would you rather have Jake Bowers or Tyler White? Bowers. Really? I think so. I, I, just, I would expect- Has Tyler Bowers gotten a hit? Has, has Trevor Bowers? Trevor Bauer, Tyler Bowers, Jake Bauer has gotten a hit. Trevor Bowers has not. In August. <laughs> he uh, has. It's possible that he has not. He has, but he's been very cold. All right, so you're going Bowers. Okay, all right, all right, I got gotcha. you. Uh, three up, number three. Do you care about Trey Mancini? 844 OPS in August, 286 with six home runs. He's homered in two straight games. Trey Mancini. I care about him in a very deep roto league. I think, you know, we, we definitely saw a stretch or two like this last season. He was pretty solid, but I, I have trouble getting too excited about him. There are, there are other members of the, the Orioles who I'm more excited about. Like Mullins. Yeah. Yeah. And who else? Seti Mullins. That's about it. Okay. Well, you said members of the yeah. Orioles, so yeah. Uh, is he the second most rosterable? Is Trey Mancini the second most rosterable Baltimore Oriole at this point? No, no. I would, I would think uh, Jonathan VR. Oh yeah, now he's yeah, yeah. back off the DL. Uh huh. I, I I think I don't know that Bundy is all that rosterable. Bundy has tried, Bundy tried to make an adjustment against the Yankees. Buster only was talking about it. Uh, he said, Buster only said that, uh, he tweeted about it, that Dun, Duffy, or Bundy rather, jeez, was, uh, trying to pitch up in the zone to combat the, you know, launch <laughs> angle revolution. And it backfired. So now he's yeah. going to try to pitch down in the zone. And he wasn't very good against the Yankees, but he wasn't terrible. But it's something to keep an eye on. Maybe this will help. He also was really fired up. Like, he was throwing, like, 94. He was yeah. throwing really hard against the Yankees. I don't think that's going to last. I think maybe it was just, like, I'm on Sunday Night Baseball on national TV. But it is something to keep an eye on with Bundy, I guess, if he if he can get better results pitching down in the zone and if there's any increase in velocity. Yeah, it, it's possible. The, the talent level – I mean, it's like Carlos Rodon. I don't want to give up. On him because the talent level does suggest that there is a way he could turn into a sustainably good pitcher. But I also think in Dylan Bundy's case, like he's pretty much pitched to his peripherals and his peripherals have been bad. So at some point we probably just need to, and Scott and I yelled at each other about this a couple months ago, uh, on the podcast. I know, I'm we sorry, probably, I missed that. I missed that. Episode. Yeah, we probably need to, uh, he's trying to tell us who he is and who he is is pretty boring. All right, well, that's three up. Daniel Murphy, Tyler White, and Trey Mancini. Here's one down. His name is Juan Soto. Have you heard of him? Juan Soto is, over the last 28 days, the number 23 outfielder in points leagues. That's not so bad. Number 43 in Roto. Soto batting 255 with two home runs, 12 RBIs in his last 28 days. 21 runs. 
Those 21 runs are actually second among outfielders behind Ronald Acuna over the last 28 days. No steals, 22 walks, 28 strikeouts, 5 doubles. Starting to strike out a little bit more. 14 strikeouts in his last 10 games. Uh, 11 strikeouts in his last 7 games. I, I could just be a slump. Thoughts on Juan Soto? Yeah, I mean, it wouldn't shock me if he struck out a little more than he has moving forward just because he is so patient. I don't, I don't think it's a, an indication that he has some huge holes in his swing. I think it's probably a sign that he's going to be in a lot of th- two strike counts just because he's going to take a lot of pitches, but I, I don't know. I, like maybe the Acuna Soto debate is starting to swing yeah. a little more towards Acuna. Well, I think maybe it was starting to just wear on Juan Soto. <laughs> You know, he just he doesn't want to, he doesn't want to participate in this no, discussion he's feeling anymore. the pressure. He yeah. is the favorite and he's buckling. Yeah, I don't, I don't think that's the case. Right. Uh, but that's why you're on the I show. think, what? That's why you're on the show. To keep me in but, check. You know, these slumps happen. And, and if, if a slump for Juan Soto is a 770 OPS over a month, he's going to be pretty awesome. Yeah, he's still drawing walks. I, I'm going to take Acuna over Soto long term. I think because of the stolen bases, yeah. you probably should, yeah. but, you know, that might just be a point, uh, a points versus roto situation. Too. But also, because I, in this new era of baseball, I prefer righties to lefties. With all this shifting. Yeah, I don't know if he's been, if that's been a problem for him, and also part of that is, you know, lefties are more susceptible to the platoon advantage and with, uh, or to the platoon issues, I guess, and with, Starting pitchers becoming less used, that could be an issue. But he's like he's got like a twenty four percent strikeout rate against lefties. It's not like it's not like Andrew Benintendi where you're just hoping he'll be good and that'll be enough against lefties. Uh, he's he's been awesome against lefties, and that continues back to the minors. We always compare Soto to Acuna, but maybe we should also compare him to like to like Benintendi, you know. Yeah, Benintendi's another one who's going to, he'll steal more bases and that might give him an edge, but I also just think, uh, Soto's gonna hit for more power, I think. Yeah. Alright, uh, let's go to the four-man rotation. Steven Strasburg! What'd you think of this start? Six innings, five hits, two runs, three walks, five strikeouts. We were rightfully very concerned. His velocity was way down coming off the DL. Um, four innings, five runs against Philadelphia last week, and he had this two-start week at Philadelphia and home against Milwaukee. And it, you know he's he started in 73% of leagues right now. But Strasburg gives you a good start, good outing. 14 swinging strikes on 99 pitches. That was nice. You feel like uh, we're comfortable with Strasburg right now? You're certainly feeling better about the decision to have started him in a two-start week. The velocity is not. Uh, back, he averaged 93.5 with his four-seam fastball last night. Um, you know, he's averaging 95.2 for, for the season, 96 last season. So clearly not where you want it to be, but, you know, 93.5 is not bad. Right. And, um, you know, it's not as, I think it was more stark the last time out. So it's certainly encouraging. All right. How would you rank Strasburg, John Lester, Noah Syndergaard, and John Gray? Strasburg, Lester, Syndergaard, and Gray. Strasburg, Lester, 
Cindergard and Gray. That's right. Cindergard, Strasburg, Lester, Gray. Cindergard, Strasburg, Lester, Gray. Cindergard has been uh, pretty bad for eight starts now. And he's got in those eight starts 41 strikeouts in 48 innings and a 413 ERA. He's been terrible. But, yeah, he's not getting the strike. He's getting the swings and misses. 13% strike rate's good. It's not otherworldly, but it's good. He should It should lead to a strikeout per inning. But he's not even close. 41 strikeouts in 48 innings. Yeah, the the thing for me is the velocity is not down. Um, and so that makes me think that, you know, it's probably not like he's not healthy. I think he probably is. And so I, I think it's just one of those things that happens. I think he'll be fine. And more from yesterday. Uh, there's not that much, actually. There's only seven games. But Zach Eflin pitched. He is 75% owned. He did not pitch very well. Eight, eight hits, five runs, three earned in five and a third. His last start was bad, too. Both were against the Nationals. Eflin will get the Cubs this weekend. Are you going to feel comfortable starting him against the Cubs? No, probably not. But, you know, I, yeah, I guess if I'm playing in a daily lineup league, I'm pretty worried. You know, that that's another rose for whom the bloom has apparently come off. Yeah, what a shame. He, now, I, I guess you might want to hang on to Eflin because he gets the Mets next week. Although he's in two starts against the Mets. 11 and two-thirds, seven earned runs. So it's interesting. I mean, he just isn't getting strikeouts uh, in the way he used to. Only one start with more than six in his last eight. Uh, he was, you know, six pretty routinely before that. Um, you know, last eight, four, one, four, six, eight, five, two, five. It's it's certainly a uh, a disappointing stretch for someone who looked like they were taking a step forward. I think if you drop Eflin, I'm not sure, unless it's a deep league, that uh, there's going to be a huge demand for him. I can give you a real-life example, though. Eflin got dropped last week in our For the People League, and we, Scott and I, decided we wanted to put a claim in for him. I don't know that we actually ever executed the claim. We didn't get him. I'm not sure that we actually put in the claim for him if he became a free agent or not, but that's a 16-team league, and we were interested in Eflin. And I guess we got lucky not starting him this week. Also, I, I declared, me and Scott, I declared Team Scam out of the playoff contention in that league. We are not out of playoff <laughs> contention. There is another week of the regular season, and we have Mike Trout. So take that, everybody. We're coming for you. Uh, deep Leagues, Roman Quinn for the Phillies. He is batting 474 in his last five games. He has started five of the last seven games. Quinn led off yesterday for the Phillies with Cesar Hernandez batting third. And Quinn's a stolen base threat. He has 10 steals in 40 career games. He's 5% owned. Would you rather own Roman Quinn or Greg Allen? <laughs> really? No interest in really either of them? I, I mean, I, I could talk myself into it, but I don't necessarily buy Roman Quinn hitting enough to to be that much better than Greg Allen. Okay, so he's really just a deep league guy. Well, yeah. Yeah. All right. And then same thing with with uh, Chris Stratton. Eight scoreless innings against Arizona, but no interest, right? Yeah, not, not much. Well, that pretty much wraps up yesterday, which means we can have a little bit of fun on the Fantasy Baseball Today podcast. We've got... 
Team Name Tuesday for you. People still are bringing in Team Name Tuesday. Which Love is it. Fun. Yeah. Good for you. Um, so let me, let me, uh, let me find it. And how about, I did it all for the Tukey. Yes. Isn't that a great one? That's very good. And, oh, that's, there's so many football ones that I have to sort through just to find the baseball ones. High voltage power. High voltage yes. power. You like that one? Yes. Really? Yes. It's not that good. And that's basically it. Everything else is football. That's, I gotta be missing something. I could have sworn they were more. Oh, here's one. Manny and the Betts. Uh, we've had Mookie, Mookie and the Jet, Mookie and the Betts is better. Oh, he has Machado and Mookie. Chris, I apologize. This was a terrible edition. I don't Team accept your apology. Uh, I missed you, Chris. How have you been lately? Good, good, good. I was at the beach this weekend. Went up to, uh, the Cocoa Beach. Actually spent some time in the sun, so that was nice. You're talking over our guest. I don't hear anything. How about now? Oh, yes. Talking over Hello. the regulators. Let's regulate! Alright, got an email Wait. here. No name Wait. on it. Wait. What? Just let it play. Oh, let yeah. it ride. Alright. Let it ride. So I'm going to read this email in a second. But first, uh, there's this. Right here. Oh, right there. God, it's so good. It's a little it bit hits. of a, a little bit of an overtly sexual noise from Chris Towers. I apologize for that, everybody. But, um, alright, here's the email. I've got a league. I'm a consistent. Alright, alright, here we go. Starting over. I co-own a team with a friend in his head-to-head categories work league. I think everybody can tell I'm exhausted today. I apologize. It is a pay league with $75 entry. The first playoff matchups finished, and my match finished with a 5-5 tie. So we went to tiebreakers, head-to-head record, overall percentage, both tied. My team had the higher seed via the software on the website we were using, but we can't figure out how it was determined. The league manager decided to flip a coin to decide a winner, and we lost. I woke up to see that my team would go on without the coin flip, but the league manager changed the schedule anyway. Uh, what? What if anything should happen? I feel very irritated and I look forward to your help. I, think, I feel like I'm missing something here. So, they don't know, they don't understand the way the, the site calculates tiebreaker. Right. So they decided, in the interest of transparency, to just flip a coin. Yeah, that I got. I assume the coin was, um, you know, monitored in some way if you're interested so. this much in transparency. And uh, I he, guess yeah. since he lost the coin flip, um, he's not in the playoffs or he's not the top seed. Said his team no, he lost. On. He lost. Yeah. Yeah, we lost. All right. Yeah. So so what do you do? I, I don't I really mean, understand. I woke up to see that my team would go on without the coin flip, but the league manager changed the schedule anyway. You've uh, got to determine the tiebreaker beforehand, guys. Well, they doing? had three tiebreakers, and they were all yeah. tied. I mean, you, you keep going. All right, so what what should the fourth tiebreaker? I mean, at this point, you're done. Like, you lost the coin toss. Yeah. I'm sorry. It sucks. You're done. Uh Going forward, some people choose, like, home runs as the yeah, fourth tiebreaker. Yeah, we do hits in my home league. Hits? Well, that's not a category. Yeah, exactly. So you're not you're not deciding the tiebreaker based on something that you are already competing. All right. It's an additional. It's a tiebreaker. 
fine. I'm fine with it. Yeah, choose a category. But that's really strange that there were that many ties in the category. Like, I've never seen it go to that many. Has it ever gone to hits for you, or is it just a thing that's just in case? Uh, yeah, we've, we've, I've, I've lost a playoff matchup because of hits, I'm pretty sure. That is, uh, that is really bad news. Alright, next, uh, next regulators. Let's see what we got here. In the old regulators inbox. From, this is from Ryan in Fredericksburg. Dear Carson, Joel, and Aaron. Uh, no idea. It feels like that should be so obvious. Anyway, please help me. Six teams make the playoffs in my categories league. Two-week matchups. Uh. At the end of the season, there was a three-way tie for fifth, fifth, sixth, and seventh. Head-to-head record decided the tiebreaker. The fifth and sixth-place teams won their first-round matchups. All right. We're cool here? We got it so far? Today is the start of the second round. I am surfing my league site, and I noticed the season standings look different. Apparently, there was a stat correction sometime during the first-round matchup that affected the sixth-place team's regular season record. The seventh-place team should have been number six, and the team that made the playoffs really should have been number seven. But the stat correction occurred after the playoffs started. The seventh-place team hasn't noticed or said anything about the change, but other league members have noticed. What should I do as commissioner? Yeah, I don't think you can go back on this one. Uh yeah, so that's weird you? though. I don't know what kind of stack correction could could make that kind of like an error being changed to a hit. Uh he ended up losing half a game. Yeah, I don't know. It's head to head categories, you know, so he could have lost the category. Yeah, that's that's record. strange. But no, I don't I don't think you can go back on that one. I think you need yeah. to have uh a time period in which uh stack corrections can be put in, and if not that's that. Yeah, you know, one thing you could do just in case there's a situation like this in the future is you say, all right, seventh place team, it's close enough. Here's what you're going to do. Set a lineup for this week. And we'll, you know, we'll just, we'll just watch it. Yeah, we'll just watch it. Well, you know, if you play in a CBS league, you can, you know, set your playoff schedule manually and you can have the seventh place team just play against nobody and accumulate the stats and you'll see what he does in the categories. And then if there happens to be a stack correction, you can compare what uh, what Team 7 did with whatever team he would have been playing in the postseason. If that makes sense. I think it makes sense. You could always do that. Not a bad idea. If, if, if there's a playoff uh, seeding determined by that little of a margin, not a bad idea to maybe plan ahead just in case there's a stack correction and give yourself Sounds a like a lot of work. You sound like a lot of work. Josiah from Elizabethtown. I'm in first place in my head-to-head categories league. It's the last week of the regular season, and I'm playing the team that's currently in fifth place and out of the playoffs. How would you regulate it if I were to bench my entire roster and give him the 10 nothing win? Ugh. It would most likely bump him into the final playoff spot, and I would play him week one of the playoffs, which is what I would prefer based on our rosters. Is that strategy or is that crap? I hate this kind yeah, of thing. Yeah. I hate, I, I, I despise it. It may not be against the rules in your league. I don't know, but I hate any time. I hate the, well, I'm not going to start a catcher because my catcher is going to hurt me. No, you start a lineup. And I, I, this is, it may not be illegal. It's a hundred percent against the, the spirit of competition. And so yeah, so I'm, I'm definitely opposed to you 
giving him every category and not setting a lineup going 0-10. But are you opposed to someone starting inferior players from their bench, benching Mike Trout for Michael Conforto or something like that? Yeah, I don't like it. I, I would prefer you not do it. I, I can't, Look, I can't tell you what to do. Well, you're the regulator. Like, you can tell them what to do. But, uh, no, this is Bush League. This is amateur, our Bush League. This is cowardly. You face who you face, and you go out there and you give your best effort. None of this tanking. You're not the Philadelphia 76ers. Go away, I, Sam Hinkie from I, Elizabethtown, Pennsylvania. I think I'm okay. Trust the process. I think I'm okay with what I said, which is, you know, which is pretty normal for me. But... I think I'm okay with you like setting an inferior lineup with your team. Because a lot, look, teams might, week 17 of a football season, you know, you sit your starters, you get ready for the playoffs. Alright, with it. I'm not, I'm, I'm very much opposed to that in fantasy. Alright, Chris, let's look at today's matchups. We've got Thomas Pannone at Jeffrey Ramirez. We will have no. You you made those games up. Pannone of that. Yeah, you Ma- made those names up. Max Thomas Pannone, I believe, was the lead singer of Mr. Big. Uh Mr. How do you know Mr. Big? I know Mr. Big. You're too young for Mr. Big. Nah, that was that was nah. Name, I know Mr. Big. Name two name two Mr. Big songs. To be with you. Uh huh. And to be with you live. <laughs> All right, Max Scherzer, Aaron Nola, start him. James Shields at Lance Lynn. Ugh, I picked up Lance Lynn. Am I going to start him? I picked him up not knowing if I was going to start him. Oh, uh, that's pretty gross. Uh, yeah, sure, start him. All right, Sid Shields. Junior Guerra at Anthony DiSclefani. I wouldn't love starting DiSclefani, but it's possible. And not Guerra? Yeah. Kyle Gibson at Carlos Carrasco. Carrasco. No Gibson? I'm not trusting him. Jose Arena at Brian Johnson. I would not start either. Julio Tehran against the Rays and their bullpen. Uh, probably not. Well, Tehran's been better of late, hasn't he? Yeah. Sure. Yeah, start him. Who's the hottest team in baseball? The Rays. The Rays. They're like eight games over 500. It's, uh, it's crazy. Uh, they're nine games over 500, 761. Jacob DeGrom at Cole Hamels. Yeah. Right yep. that. And what do we got after that? We got Dodgers at Rangers. Walker Bueller at Ariel Harado. Starting Walker Bueller. Edwin Jackson at Charles Morton. Starting Charles Morton. Chuck. Yvonne Bega with Nova at Jack, jumping Jack Flaherty. Starting Jack Flaherty. Matt. Null and Boyd? Sure. Or Jake? She's funny, she doesn't look Junis. Spaceballs reference. Uh, Matthew Boyd. I'll start him. Kyle Land of the Freeland? And Bullpen Day for the Angels. I think you probably start Kyle Freeland. I think you do. He's got a 296 ERA. Yeah. Pretty good. Um, Prince Felix Hernandez? And Jacob Nix. Jacob Lance Nix. In your lineup. Uh, neither. No. Alright. I think, uh, I think, what was your, my best nickname? Matt Nolan Boyd. Yeah, that, that was your, the one good one. Yeah. 
Do you like capers? I do like capers. I don't like capers. Too salty for you? Yeah, I'm not a fan. Capers. I like the great. I get. I like like a like a Muppet caper. Well, how do you eat your capers? I well, I only I've only ever had them on a bagel with lox and cream cheese. Yeah, so that's a little bit much because lox is already salty, and the capers, you know, the bagel's not that big. But on, on a Blue Apron does capers somewhat often, and if you put capers in like a bigger dish and just get like little bursts of salt every now and then, it's actually quite nice, Chris. Hmm. <laughs> I like my capers with Muppets, and that's it. Our, our email address is fantasybaseball at cbsi.com. Send them in. Thanks, everybody, for listening. We will talk to you on Wednesday. <laughs>